Hello, this is Mark Walton, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, yes, the two-week international break is almost over, and the table-topping Whites are off to the seaside this weekend to face newly promoted Blackpool, who are without a win so far this season and currently sat in the bottom three. We're recording this on Tuesday evening because I'm off to see Ben in Scarborough on Wednesday for a little boozy day out, which means that the international fixtures aren't quite complete yet as we record. But Mitro is still on fire for Serbia, scoring twice in a 4-1 World Cup qualifier against Luxembourg last weekend. And who were better against than sticking the ball in the back of the net again this weekend? Baldo and Wigo will make up a five-strong focus presence at Bloomfield Road this Saturday, alongside yours truly. And both are here to look ahead to the game and talk all things Fulham. My name is Matt Boisclair, and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. All right, boys, good evening. Well, everyone loves a good old day out of the seaside. In a week when the south of England is basking in the sunshine of an Indian summer, it looks at the moment like it's going to absolutely sling it down in Blackpool this weekend. We're all going to the game, boys. The last time we faced Blackpool was a 1-0 win at Bloomfield Road back in 2015, I think. Have either of you guys been to Blackpool before, either for football or otherwise? Um, I've never been for the football, no, but I have been, I have graced the shores of Blackpool before. Uh, I had a great day out at Pleasure Beach one day, had a, had a ride on Pepsi Max, a big one, uh, had a walk down the beach. It was a lovely place, lovely tower. Um, but no, it's going to be a different experience going for the football, to be fair. Another ground for me to tick off my list as well. Um, and I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a cracking day out. And um, yeah, roll on Saturday. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a similar boat to you, Wigo. You know, I've only ever been to Blackpool. I've been there twice for for the Pleasure Beach sort of thing. And then once um, I was there on a I was there on a rugby tour. We stayed at either the Butlins or the Haven, whatever it was. That's like literally about a stone's throw away from the Pleasure Beach. And my one abiding memory from that, and this is going to be a throwback to any of the '90s slash early 2000s listeners out there. If anyone ever remembers watching Robot Wars. Uh, back in the good old days on BBC Two, we had a razor um, who was like the grand robot of the de- of the day. Um, come, come and do like a demonstration and sort of thing like that. And somewhere in the back of my um, Polaroid collection, somewhere is a picture with me and Razor. And it was one of the, one of the best things I can one of the best things I can remember. But yeah, in terms of the football, nope, never been there. But it, it, it's going to be good to you know knock off a knock off a new ground. You know, Bloomfield Road one of the Know, older venues in the you know in the football league and you know in England in general, so should be a good way way there. As Frenchie mentioned, we haven't been there since 2015, so I imagine this will be the first time for for a lot of people. So it should be a good day out. I haven't been to Bloomfield Road since 1998. We beat them three two in the Kevin Keegan promotion season, and I think Jeff Horsfield got a couple of goals that day. But Mickey Conroy was playing for Blackpool that day, and I remember uh, as the teams were waiting to kick off in the second half. We were all singing Super Mickey Conroy and he acknowledged us. And it was the game after Paul Pesky Solido scored that goal at Liverpool in the um, in the Worthington Cup or whatever it was called, the League Cup back then. Um, and I remember going back to a B&B afterwards, sitting in the little living room in the B&B and it being on TV and a load of us just cheering it as it went in. Even though, you know, I, th- I think it was like goal of the week or something. That's why we were cheering. But yeah, good memories of Blackpool. I've been, been a few times, had my first ever concert there back in uh, the late 90s as well. So, yeah, good good memories of that. Um, and, of course, yeah, the, uh, the is it, what's it called? The, the Pepsi Max, did you say? Is that what it's called now? When when I went, it was called the big one. But um, 
to say uh, I'm, uh, I've been to Blackpool and had a go on the big one probably means something else these days. But um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I'm 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 afraid of heights. So um, I went on it with a with a load of a load of Fulham fans. We went down there after the game and uh, didn't particularly enjoy it. But yeah, good good times, good times in Blackpool. And I feel like the best is yet to come this weekend. I feel like we're going to have a good weekend this weekend, boys. It's, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, silence. so do I. But this is this. But this is. But this is. Well, that's the thing. You say silence. We all know what is coming next. We can't. There's a definition for it. Unfortunately, we can't say because it's been stolen by a rival podcast. But we all know what it means when all this stuff comes out. Like there was a stat. Um, I posted it in the group chat, but I saw it on Twitter. Um, a couple of days that Blackpool haven't won their first, or Blackpool are are winless in the first six games, and the last time that's the like the first time in their history, or something along those lines. So everyone to everyone who sees the tweet on it knows exactly what's coming. So there is always that, you know, despite the yeah. fact that we're flying in the league, we all know that that bad result, as you hinted at in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, French, we all know that bad result is just around the corner. We just don't know <laughs> when it's going to come. And hopefully, given the expectations, you know, with 1,500, last time I checked, Fulham fans going up there, you no know, pushing 2,000. Mm. We just hope that this isn't the day that it happens. Just, I don't think that there's a, a bad result per se around the corner, but you can't win every single game. So you know, what one of these one of these days we're 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 gonna we're gonna slip up and draw or we're gonna lose. It's that's just you know that's that's football, isn't it? But what what do you reckon we we go? I mean, Blackpool Blackpool away, Blackpool in a terrible reign of form. Um, they've just come up. They've just signed quite a few new players, which we'll go into a little bit later on in the show, but. Before we really get into it, what, what's what's your kind of first thought when you think about Blackpool away this weekend when it comes to Fulham? Do you think, oh God, this this is going to be a tough one, or do you just think this is going to be three points? Um, I think it's going to be a tough one because they're going to be itching to sort of break their duck, aren't they? They're going to want to be getting as many points on the board as they can because it's going to be a tough season for them. They're going to be slogging it out down at the bottom in a relegation battle all season, I think, unless something miraculous happens. I know we're still very early on in the season, but it's not looking good so far from their start. So they need to start picking up points consistently and getting a point, getting even one point, but probably, you know, three points against the biggest team in the league. <coughs> That's us. Um, <laughs> would be would be a good result for them, you know, It'd give them a massive confidence boost. So they're going to be well up for it. They're, they're going to come out all guns blazing, I reckon. And we're going to have a challenge on our hands. It is not going to be a walkover. Well, Neil Critchley's side of former Fulham loanees, James Husband and Luke Garber in the squad, plus season championship campaigner Richard Keogh too. Over the few days of the transfer deadline day, they brought in striker Owen Doyle on loan from Crewe, defender Dijon Sterling on loan from Chelsea, another defender Jordan Gabriel from Nottingham Forest and midfielder Ryan Winter on loan from Cardiff. They're, of course, last season's League One playoff winners, having come from behind to defeat Lincoln City 2-1 at Wembley. But looking at their squad, I think it's going to be quite a continued struggle for them to stay up this season. Baldo, do you agree with Wigo? Do you, do you think this is going to be a tough game on, on Saturday? How do you see Blackpool's season going? I'll, I'll ask the second one first. It brings me back mm. to something I've said, um, or not I've said, that Danny has said on this podcast many times in the in the chat that this is this this is the perfect season, you know, for us to be, you know, to have been relegated because the chance because it's more than likely the three relegated sides are going to be going up. And I reckon, you know, and in the Premier League, 
the three promoted sides are likely going to be the ones that go down because of the disparity in the amount that teams have had to spend. In some cases, the lack of teams have had to have to spend. So you know, Blackpool have you know putting together a bit of a you know, slapdash haphazard side, as it were. You know, James Husband was okay in the championship when he was with us, especially for the first mm. couple of months. Is yeah. he that now? Probably not. Richard Keogh is. I was going to say it's a car crash waiting to happen, but I'm not too sure if that's um, <laughs> totally if that's totally legal for me to say. Probably um, not. But yeah, just <laughs> well, it, it's, it's in bad taste a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see them doing incredibly well this season. You know, just because of you know circumstances, you know, you know about their control, you know, out of their control to some extent. But I do think they will give us you know a good game as we go into that. You know, we are the we are the big boys in the division. You know. We are everyone's cup final, as it were, to, to an extent, especially after the start we've made. So they will be up for it. You know, they will want to get their first, you know, their first win on the table. So let's just hope that it isn't against us. Do you know, my, my overriding thinking for this game is that had it been last season, Blackpool versus Fulham, a game that none of us could go to, would have been like, oh, I don't really care, you know, it's early in the season. But the fact that we've got a day out at the seaside, we can go up, have a few beers, go up on the train, go and have a bit of a laugh together. Because, you know, we've, we've been to a few games and all sat together before, but this, there's going to be five of us all together. It's, it's, going to be, it's going to be a good old day. And I think win, lose or draw, it's, it's going to be a fun day out. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think part of that, you know, comes from the fact that we haven't, you know, for the best part of 18 months. Mm. You know, we've only really had, what, three, four maybe occasions to go out as a group, you know, to be in amongst fans. You know, the yeah. fellow fans and people on the podcast, as it were. So I think it is. It is more the you know the the expectation of um you know you know and the excitement of being together. You know, being together as a group. Obviously, the football is important and is and is mm. more important. It, it always will be. And I think you know part of that is coming from the fact the fact that we're playing good football. You know, if this was you now this was a repeat of the McGath side, say, and you know we'd started off our first five win. You know, weren't a win. I don't think that I don't think there'd really be this much excitement about it. I don't think we'd be taking that many fans. But I think a combination of the two of we can now go to away games or just games in general, feeling confident that we can win, I think really does really does really does add to it. You know, if we were struggling, would I be going? I probably I probably don't think I'd be making the journey if I'm being honest. Yeah, I've kind of got the away day fever now after Huddersfield, that last trip yeah. that we did. You know, all right. The day the day out was great, but then the result just made it a million times better. I'm just I'm so excited for another day out, another another long train journey. But uh, it's all worth it in the end, isn't it? Hopefully, anyway. If we can, if we go and get three points, it, it just rounds a day off really nicely. So um, yeah, it's going to be great. By the sea as well, you know, a couple of ice creams, fish and chips. <laughs> Whatever you like, really. It's yeah, be, it, it's fish and chips. That's 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 precisely the reason I'm going. As I put as I put in the group chat, <laughs> what I'm looking forward to the most is uh, Weatherspoons. There's a Weatherspoons on the on the promenade. Uh, Weatherspoons breakfast, fish and chips for pre-lunch, sausage and chips uh, for lunch, and then sausage and chips on the way back for dinner. And I will say, there is absolute there is horror. You know, you can get fish and chips everywhere else in the country, not just yeah. But there's just something different about it being on the seaside. It's just, there's just something different about it. But you're well, going to say... Weatherspoons. You're going all that way to go to a fucking Weatherspoons. And you're then there will be independent chippies along the way as well. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned about the away day, the away day bug. Like even though it's you know the best part of a month away, 
we're all in the chat starting to get excited about planning and about booking a minibus to go up to Coventry. You know, it's absolutely fantastic the fact that we can now look forward to away games, something, you know, even under the Parker days in the championship when we were good, I don't think there was this much anticipation and excitement. But now, because of the football we're playing, it's just absolutely fantastic to combine them all together. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good season, I think. Definitely going to be a good season. Uh, Blackpool are currently sat in 22nd place in the Championship. They've got two draws and three defeats out of their first five games. They haven't scored in either of their previous two home games against Cardiff and Coventry. This looks on paper like a pretty straightforward game for us, I'd say. But as we've said, this is the Championship where anything can happen. That being said, the last time Blackpool beat Fulham was back in February 1998. With your logical head on, boys, how do you see the game playing out? Um, well, I mean, last time Blackpool beat us, I wasn't even born. So, you know, there really <laughs> could be a first time for everything in my life. Um, yeah, I've, I mean, we're confident, aren't we? We're flowing with confidence at the moment. Um, I expect us to go and attack from the start, as we have done for the, for the first five games in the league. I think it's five now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as we have done, we like to score in the first half as well, which I've noticed. So a couple of goals in the first half sort of ease the nerves a bit at half-time would be great. Try and keep another clean sheet as well because, um, you know, the defence have been top quality this season. So we've, you know, just go for it. Go for it. 2,000 fans have come up to watch it. Let's just have a great day and go for that win and, you know, stay top of the league. Yeah, I, I, I predict it to be the same, you know, Blackpool, as much as we said that, that it's going to be a tough challenge and everything and they'll be up for it. You know, they are, they are as you know, as Frenchie wrote, reference with the stats they are there for the taking you know do, you know if I was a Blackpool fan would a defense of you know Richard Keogh and James Husband slash Luke Garbutt coming up against the likes of uh Harry Wilson who I assume Harry Wilson's back I I can't remember the maths off the uh, suspension yet everyone's nodding on the zoom so I'm yeah of course he, he scored in the last game he did of course he did sorry I just wait come on Sorry, he, it's because he missed, he missed the last Wales games. That's why I was trying to work oh, out. Okay. I was just trying to work yeah, out yeah. if something was wrong with him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, so Harry Wilson, Harry Wilson back, uh, Mitrovic in attack, and then you know a another winger that we have. You no, know, that would be putting the that would be putting the fear of the, the the fear of God into me. So I assume it will be you know attacking from the from the start if we can get um, a goal inside the first ten minutes. Just because you know, as we said. Tough challenge, always there. The the banana skin is there. If we can get the, the goal in the first ten minutes, just to calm the nerves a little bit. That would should really be be you know, the start of the floodgates opening in a way. I think if this if this was Fulham that had just come up from League One to the Championship, and out of our first five games we hadn't won, we hadn't scored at home, sat in the bottom three, and we were playing a team that was top of the league who were absolutely flying, I would expect a pasting if I was a Fulham fan. Um, so I, I, I think that's what's going to happen as well. If I'm honest with you, I, I don't see anything other than a Fulham win, but we'll do a score prediction later on. Do you know what it is, Frenchie? We know how hard it is to come up from the playoffs. Obviously, we've done Championship to Premier League, so we've done yeah. it, you know, times a million, kind of, because it's even harder. But we do know what it's like. You're that last team to go up. You get a little bit less time to prepare than everyone else. You might be on a smaller budget because you can finish sixth place and go up. It's always going to be harder going up, you know, in the playoffs into any division. So they're going to have it. They're always going to have it harder, I think. And I think you can say the same for any team going up in the playoffs, to be fair. So 
I suppose it's hardly surprising, really. But we, I mean, we kind of know the position they're they're in in a way. I suppose. Yeah, and that, like I said, they bought in four players over the transfer deadline day, um, and it, and it's difficult when you're when you're left to kind of build your squad up last minute, as as we well know, and then you're playing catch up because they haven't been involved in pre season all that sort of stuff. Plus. I don't really know much about the players that they've brought in either. Jordan Gabriel, Ryan Wintle, Sterling and Owen Doyle. Are they are they really going to be the players that are, are going to keep them up in the championship? Time will tell. And good luck to them. I, I wish them absolutely no bad bad feeling whatsoever. Um, but all I'm thinking about is this game on Saturday and putting a cricket score past them because I want a really good day out with you boys. So... Um, Anyway, um, let's come on to Fulham. Rodrigo Muniz, uh, Nathaniel Shalaba and Domingos Kina are the new additions to the squad. Do you see any debuts this weekend or do you think we'll stick to the same start in 11? Bear in mind, it's a three-game week with a trip to Birmingham on Wednesday and then the home game with Reading next Saturday too. What do you think? Starting lineup predictions. I think we will get a couple of debuts. Um, I, I imagine Muniz will probably get. This is now his time to come to come in off the bench. Um, you know whether or not we're whether or not we're winning or whether or not you know we have to we have to see him eventually. And I think this is probably going to be an ideal time. You know, bring him on for the last twenty minutes or so, get some legs under him. Uh, the two midfielders, Shalaber and uh, and Keener, are a bit of a are a bit of a difficult one because you've got to imagine they've got to. They've got to earn their place more because of, you know, who is in front of them. You know, we're doing this before the press conference and everything. So we don't know if Harrison Reed is back yet. He could be, you know, Seri will be in contention. Francois will be in contention. Um, so there are a couple of play names there. I imagine, I imagine they'll probably be on the bench. And again, similar situation with Mooney's. Um, you know, if if and when the game is wrapped up, then we'll start to get them bloody and then maybe look to start them on uh, Wednesday against Birmingham. Uh, but just just ease them in for now. I can't see them um, being thrown into thrown into the into the fire straight away, as it were. But then you've got the likes of Tim Ream, Anthony Robinson, who are playing for the USA on Wednesday quite late, which leaves very little time once they've flown back to recover from the game and the the travelling and whatnot. So, do you see either of them being involved, Wigo? Um, I mean, Ream's done it before, hasn't he? I think. But I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't, to be fair. You know, we've got very, very capable uh, backups this season. So, you know, I wouldn't think it would be the worst thing in the world if they weren't involved because we've got the likes of Mawson who can step in, Joe Bryan. You know, I don't know, has Seri been away with on international? I think he has, hasn't he? So if Seri's been away, we've got someone to step in for him. You know, Mitrovic has obviously played three games this week. So we've got, you know, we've got loads and loads of options here. So it really isn't the end of the world if uh, we do miss out on a few players. Um, coming on to the new signings as well, I get what you're saying, obviously, about throwing them in. But I suppose they've been, you know, when it gets to Saturday, they've been at the club nearly two weeks. And I don't think none of them have been on international duty, have they? So, you know, they've probably had a bit on the training ground, a bit of time. A couple of them know the manager already. I wouldn't be surprised to see Chalibur start. I don't know where I'd fit him in, but I could just see, I could see him starting on Saturday. Um, and as I say, with if you know Seri was on international break and Harrison Reed, I'd hope he's regained full fitness by now. But if he is still uh, lacking that little bit of sharpness, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see our new number twelve in the midfield on Saturday. I think um, I think Chalaba will be on the bench instead of Angisa. 
because obviously Angus has gone on loan. I think the starting lineup. I I, I think Ream and uh, Robinson might be on the bench for this one and then be back in for the Birmingham game. But I think you're right. I think we might see Alfie Mawson and we might see Joe Bryan because there's no point in risking them, is there? There's no point in risking players coming back from international duty for the sake of it, especially Tim Ream. He's probably more susceptible to injury these days with uh, with the old body clock ticking on a bit for him. Um, but I, I think Seri and, and Onoma will will continue in front of the back four. Um, Carvalho, there's absolutely no reason why he won't play. And of course, Mitrovic will play. If Mitrovic is fit, uh, then Mitrovic will play. But then I think we'll uh, we'll mix it up a bit, maybe for the Birmingham game, um, bring in Ream, as I said, and, and Joe Bryan. And, and maybe then Chalibur will come in, maybe for Onoma or something like that. My only hope for Mitrovic is that he um, keeps the uh, plastered white stuff that's on his face, just to really put the fear of God into the uh, into the Blackpool defenders. If you've, if you've seen the image, it's gone a bit viral um, from, his, from his recent game, where I've no idea how it got there, but just face plastered with white stuff. Um, so just to give them, just to give a little bit of a uh, little bit of edge to him, I hope he I hope he manages to keep that from the rest of the game. Slightly suspicious, isn't it? Slightly suspicious white <laughs> stuff appeared on his face straight away. I mean, I just want—I just want to assume that he maybe got like fell over and just dragged himself across the uh, paint to like the goal line or something. That's my only thought. I've—I've I've no idea how it came about. That's my—that's my guess. Mitrovic falling over and then getting up with his hands up in the air, going "Ref, come on!" I've been pulled over. Whereas if—if if that was in the street and somebody tried to pull Mitro over, there's no chance he's going over. I love that. I love that about Mitrovic. I love—I love a bit of gamesmanship when it's in our favour. No one would even try with Mitrovic, no, you imagine. No, exactly. They definitely wouldn't. All right, boys, uh, we're going to wrap this up soon. But let's just finish off with a word on Marco Silva, because we haven't really spoken about him too much directly on here. So we, we've ch- instead chosen to admire his work rather than speak speak about him too much. But what have you made of his first few months at the club? Um, I've liked him. He's really bought, all right, it might be the results, but he's really bought a positive feeling back around the place, you know, Bringing back Balmorte as well has been massive. It's it's really made me fall back in love with Fulham again. You know, coming into this season, I thought we were going to be stuck with the Bournemouth manager, the now Bournemouth manager, um, and I thought it's going to be another year of boring football. I don't know if I really want to go back and watch all of that again, but you know, we got Silver in, and he's just bought, he's just breathed a fresh life into this club, and he, you know, he seems open in his interviews he doesn't say the same stuff he makes eye contact with a camera and a reporter he's not looking away he's not looking down you know just completely different persona to what we've had previously and it's just so nice to have a manager that I feel like I can trust and that I you know if he says something I believe it and I'll listen to him obviously I was not the biggest fan of his predecessor as you know we know quite well but uh, I'm a massive fan of Silver and obviously Balmorte as well We've had so much worse than Scott Parker. I think you're you're so harsh on Scott Parker, but you no, and I, no, you and I, I never agree on that. No, you and no, I never agree. No, we've definitely had we've definitely had worse. That's absolutely fine. Like, there's no yeah. doubt about that. But he was flipping boring, wasn't he? Like you know, let's have it right. There's no denying it. I think now we're watching the football that we're watching with very similar players. We can see what those players are capable of. Then. Yeah, there's there's always more than one way to skin a cat, isn't there? And Scott Parker got us promoted playing his style of football and it wasn't that entertaining. But the way that Marco Silva's got the same or very similar players playing is is unbelievable and it's exciting. So I absolutely agree with you on that. Go on, Baldo. 
Um, yeah, I can you know semi echo what what we said. You know, the the style of play has been fantastic and everything, but I. I, I will be brutally honest. I do still hold this this doubt. You know, one of the one of my big fears when he was being you know touted um, as one of the replacements, when the likes of Steve Cooper and Eddie Howe and Neil Lennon and all the rest were sort of being, fit, it was always you know the personal side of him that just cast a little bit of doubt in my mind because of his history, because of the way he you know the way he treated Watford and you know his what happened with Everton. There's just that little bit in my in the back of my mind. You know, Wigo says that he can trust him, but based on his history. Say no, and this this came up with um you know Sabri Lamushi when he was in charge of Nottingham Forest when they were doing well, um in the Championship and Watford had sacked their manager. It, uh, it wasn't Marcus Silver at the time, but he was being touted as the next Watford manager. And there is just that little bit in the back of my mind that thinks: Should Newcastle say sack Steve Bruce or Crystal Palace get rid of Vieira? Would I one hundred percent trust Marco Silva to stay in the job or jump at the first opportunity? There is just that little voice in the back of my mind that says, I think he I think he would, just because of what we've seen in the past. You know, any chance of whilst this has been a great ride in the championship so far, the fact that you can guarantee being in the Premier League by, you know, just jumping ship, that temptation will always be there. So as much as he has been fantastic and everything like that, and yes, he does speak well. The you know, the good vibe around the club has been fantastic. I just can't shake that doubt personally in the back of my mind. Hopefully, you know, something comes along and, you know, ultimately makes me change my mind. But until I see him on the touchline in the Premier League with Fulham, I will just always have that doubt. There's a theory that says that we've got the best squad in the league by quite some distance. We've got the best players. We've got the best attack. So what do you make of the theory that suggests that any competent manager should be able to get this squad of players promoted? Um, Yeah, I mean, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? The quality is definitely there. We've got players who have played in the Premier League. We've got players with Wembley experience as well. You know, we've got one of the best strikers in the league, a a £20 million striker. Um, Yeah, I would like to think so. As you say, any competent manager, I think any manager in this league would give... um, Fulham a good guy. Well, any manager, well, most managers anyway. Let's put it <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names. Um, should yeah, we? Should no. we stop? Should we stop putting like a collection tin aside on the podcast every time one of us, you know, mainly we go, but anyone slags off Scott Parker, we have to put yeah. 50p in the tin. I won't mention his name. I'm like Gentleman Jim and Chelsea. I won't mention his name at all. He's <laughs> a, a good loophole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'd like to think so. We've, as I say, we've got the quality there. Um, the experience, international players, the likes of Serie in the midfield and young up-and-coming players like Carvalho, Francois. You know, it's a manager's dream to have, to have the squad depth that we've got, to have a second eleven that could challenge for promotion. I mean, it, you'd love it as a manager. It's a manager's dream. But what, what I mean is, is uh, are we in a position where we can judge the quality of Marco Silva at the moment? Or are we just are we have we just got a competent manager who's get who's doing very well with a very good squad? Or are, are, are we looking at a manager who's getting the best out of a very good squad? Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I see where you're coming at. It's you know, is is he adding that extra ten percent exactly, or yeah. is it, or or you know, couldn't you, know, you say competent manager? I assume you're not going down the line. You know, if I if me or you were put in charge, 
we yeah. we'd be able to walk the well, what, what I'm really getting at is what if if and when we get promoted, is it going to be different the next time around with this guy? Well, I think I think a lot of that would depend on the squad because I don't think you know, whilst we have you know um whilst we have a decent championship squad, I do not have faith in this being a Premier League squad, for instance. Mm, so same. there would need to be there would need to be some changes. Like I imagine finally Tim, not not in a bad way, but you know Tim Ream and Dennis Adoy and the rest of the old guard, as it were, would be put out. So we would need to bring in some new players. But you think of if you want to create the core, as it were, like I think Gazaniga is Gazaniga is a good champion, is a good Premier League goalkeeper, as it were. Mitrovic, I think, is a good Premier League forward. Harry Wilson's a good Premier League winger. So on so forth. We have some of them. We have a. I reckon we we'd have a good Premier League eleven. I'm not too sure whether or not we'd have a Premier League squad. So you'd really have to, you know, if you want to play this theoretical out, you'd have to wait until what signings were brought in to fully judge and get a proper aspect. But I do think with with Silver, I do think we have a better, I think we, we do have a better chance. Like I don't want to get into the Premier League, but he would give us a better chance of staying up than Scott Parker would with his style, with his style of play at the very least. Also, I think if, if you're playing emphatic attacking football in the championship, then it's probably going to be more appealing to players when you get, if, if and when you do get promoted to, you know, to come and join in and come and come and play in that style, as opposed to the Scott Parker, more defensive, like trying to attack, trying, trying to attract attacking players in the Scott Parker kind of system potentially is more difficult than attracting attacking players in the Marco Silva system because it's very heavily weighted in Marco Silva's system towards attacking football. What you've got to look at as well is it's um, a World Cup year next year as well. So, obviously, we the demand for players wanting game time to go to the World Cup would be up compared to what it would be, say, you know, in 2023 or what it would have been, you know, last year if the Euros wasn't delayed by a year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The quality of the quality of player going to a newly promoted team will be higher, which we saw with the likes of Joachim Anderson and Alphonse Areola. So I definitely think the points, you know, would help if we got high points finish, if we scored a high amount of goals this season. Obviously, we've scored 13 goals already. So, you know, it would definitely appeal to a team going up rather than, say, like Cardiff were a few years ago when they went up. And all they did was lump it to Sean Morrison and from a set piece. Mm. Uh, you know, it's definitely more appealing to a player, I reckon. Imagine if uh, we completely shit out of luck this season and we didn't go up and this was all just a, a good start, but we completely choked. And then playing these podcasts back later on in, in life and listening back and thinking, oh my God, how stupid do we sound? I don't it's think good. that's going to be the case. I, I, I don't know who the Hounslow Town equivalent of J Mac is with his little <laughs> porter, but, but yeah, I imagine he's getting his vocal cords warmed up just in case. Yeah, I should imagine so. All right, boys, let's come back on to our little day out on uh, on Saturday then, and a lot of people's day out. Uh, let, let's do a score prediction. We go. What are you thinking? Money where your mouth is. Come on. I mean, I know I said it was going to be a tough test, and they're going to be well up for it, but I'm <laughs> going to go with three one. I reckon I reckon their power is just going to be too much for them. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they did go 1-0 up, but um, hopefully not. I would love it if we kept a clean sheet, but I can just see them sneaking a goal in there somewhere at any point of the game. So, yeah, 3-1, Mitrovic with a couple, and uh, maybe Fabio Carvalho as well to bag one. 
Very nice too. Very nice too. Well, I think we're going to win 4-0. I think it's going to be comfortable. I think uh, I think we'll be 2-0 up at half-time, 3-0 up after an hour, and then we'll just play some LA football and just get get another one. Maybe Mooney's will come in, come on and get his, get the fourth. I swear to God, if you make me miss any goals this time round because you <laughs> want a beer, I will go mental. I will not be happy at all. All right, all right. You can stay up. I'll pop down at half-time and get the beers. That's fine. Go on, Baldo. What do you think? Uh, you kind of stole my thunder with the guy, but I'm going to go for a 4-0 as well. And you say Come put on. your money where your mouth you say Come put your money on. where your mouth is. That does sound that does sound like I am gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find a betting shop at somewhere on the Blackpool promenade to see. 4-0, Mitch no 4-0, Harry Wilson first goal scorer. I wonder what the odds are gonna be. But I tell you what, I'll make this, you know, but you know, sign seal delivered right now. I shall put my money on that. Ten pounds to the first bookie that that, that will take my money. How about that? You don't need to find a bookie on the promenade. You can just do it on your phone when you're sat in Weatherspoons and use the free Wi-Fi, mate. No, oh, but there's something traditional about going into a boogie and actually giving them over the £10. I want to do that. <laughs> just, for, just for old time's sake. All right. All right, well, Baldo, I'll see you up there on Saturday. We're going to see you at the train station bright and early on Saturday morning, mate. We'll be back on Monday morning to go back over the game. Sounds like there's going to be a fair few of us up there this weekend. So if you're travelling up, then have a safe trip. Make plenty of noise and see you there. Speak to you on Monday then. Cheers. Fulham.